Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of the University of California at Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services. I'm joined by my co-host, second-year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha. Hi, Dr. Parks. And special guest co-host, Dr. Alan Atkins. Hi, Alan. Hi, Dr. Parks. He's a second-year psychiatry resident who studies nature-based therapy and the role that it can play in the alleviation of mass incarceration. The views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent the University of California, UC Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR School of Medicine. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about cancel culture and you know, try to highlight some of the psychological perspectives uh, with it. It's a very... It's a new, there's not a lot of research on it, but hopefully, you know, we'll have an interesting discussion. But before we get there, I just want to kind of throw it out there. Do you have any uh, new developments, new studies, interesting findings, things that you've been thinking about this past week? So earlier this week, Lady Gaga um, told the press that she is being treated with olanzapine, which is also known as Zyprexa, as on an as-needed basis. And she also revealed to press that she is being treated with a type of therapy called DBT or dialectical behavioral therapy. Have you guys, did you guys see that at all in the news? I did not see that. So, uh, so you, you, so what is DB, what is dialectical behavior therapy, first of all, and who is it? What is it for? Who's intended for? So we usually recommend DBT as the primary or gold standard of treatment for borderline personality disorder, which I think we've talked about a couple times on the show. DBT is a real cool thing. Or did you want to? So DBT was started by a a woman named Marsha Linehan who basically started DBT because she herself had borderline personality disorder. And the idea is the dialect between the Eastern practice of acceptance and the Western practice of working on your flaws and maybe working on uh, your strengths as well. And I love it for that reason. Yeah, I, I like it too. And I've been trained on it and have integrated it into my practice. I wouldn't call myself a DBT clinician. Is it hard to practice DBT? I, like I've learned about it, but I've never tried practicing it before. My thought is that if you want to be very uh, close to the original vision and the model, then it is on the more difficult side because it requires the skill-based um, therapy uh, with group, usually in group format, and individual therapy. So both, which takes a lot of resources and a lot of time. I can say I, I'm, I've been trying it with a couple of my patients in the last month uh, who I think were ideal candidates for it. And it required a, more reading per session for me to figure out kind of how to do what I was doing than anything I've done before. It, mm-hmm. it, it felt harder than, I guess I have a lot less training in it than in CBT too because I never worked in my past. I was never a DBT provider. So. Mm-hmm. But it, I would it seems it's hard, hard to wrap your head. Yeah, it, yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around it. I agree with that. I feel it, like maybe explaining it, like the words you are using um, to communicate the 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 concepts could be maybe unnatural some of it requires you to call people out on things that are requires a lot of immediacy and so for the lay people out there like immediacy is kind of being able to call a moment's unpleasantness for what it is Um, and that's something I struggle with a lot and 
some people are really good at. I think you, Tosha, are actually really good at that and just being able to say something and not have it be have it be frank and and maybe blunt but not offensive. And that's something that, you know, like like uh, being able to say to someone as they're screaming at you, you know, a meltdown is really not a, a great reaction uh, to what just happened for your own good. And just say that with a straight, calm, empathetic face. And actually, I don't even want to yeah, let's don't go too deep into it. I yeah. mean, but yeah, you're right. You have to. There is that is one approach. That is a the, the one of the approaches, basic approaches, where you you balance this kind of a direct approach with a, a, a comforting, uh, supportive approach. But that, but I think it's important to say before we kind of move on that just because that she's using DBT doesn't mean that she has borderline personality right. disorder. No, DBT it did not talk about her diagnosis. Yeah, we could all DBT has been generalized. Yes, yes. Totally. I, I, I use the principles. Principles of mindfulness, motion regulation, that kind of the distress tolerance. This stuff. I, I use it. One of the things that she did disclose in the article that I read was a history of sexual trauma um, mm. at a young age and uh, ongoing dissociative episodes, which um, I'm okay. guessing is what the as-needed olanzapine is for. So, so is yeah. I'm sorry. Go for it. Tell me, tell me, how, why would that be used? What? Oh, okay. Well, so would that, that would be used. I mean, so, so, well, see, in order to talk about how it would be used, we would have to make presumptions about her diagnosis. And so we're, we're not going to, okay. because of the gold water Typically, rule, how is that used? Typically, how is olanzapine used? Or Zyprexa? Okay, yeah. So Zyprexa can be <laughs> used as an antipsychotic or it can be used kind of to calm impulsive behavior to help people. To stabilize the mood. Yeah, yeah. And, and. To sedate an agitated it, psychotic patient is an as needed is as needed prescription. Is that common? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's common in the inpatient basis to okay. have it be as needed, and it, it's uh, it's not uncommon in the outpatient basis. Oh, uh, I want to get in. Well, have, well, oh. I, I I don't know. I would say maybe it's more uncommon in terms of the uh, what I've learned in practice. Um, but you know, different areas practice differently. And really, you guys don't use Zyprex up here. Right? On the outpatient basis, no. And when you use the PRN, is it the wafers? Is it the quick dissolve wafers? I would think of that as, I mean, that's that's something that you give someone when you're worried about them cheeking it. You know, when you're worried that they're not going to take it, that's called Zytus. But, you know, we should say, like, so Tosha is a fifth year, she's a fellow, and I'm a a resident, and I haven't been on outpatient yet. So I know nothing about Mm. outpatient. I could say I use it weekly if not daily on an inpatient basis uh um, very common yeah. it's very common to have as needed zyprexa for behavior is it problems. okay to say that it's one of the stronger antipsychotics yeah. out there and well out of and especially because we mainly use second generation antipsychotics in the united states and out of those definitely but i want to yeah go, go for it i just want to before we transition i, I want to get in one point here that i'm i think is worth being passionate about which is that whether or not we're, you know, because of the Goldwater rule, we're not speculating on who has borderline and who doesn't. Um, but there is a demonstrated definite relationship between sexual assault in childhood and borderline personality disorder. And yes. I just want to, I just want to say to everyone out there, um, you know, when you sexually assault someone, this is just one of the many ways that you completely destroy their life. Borderline personality disorder is an incredibly difficult thing, um, yeah. and it creates behaviors that make you occasionally hard to take seriously. And then when people 
have, you know, this is part of, I think, where victim blaming comes from is that, oh, well, this person was so chaotic in the way that they made their accusation or whatever. Well, yeah, sexual assault causes this thing that can make behaviors chaotic. And um, it, for me, it's a huge source of like a really intense anger towards those who seek sexual assault as a casual boys will be boys thing because again just one of like the sort of florid menu of options for different ways your life can be destroyed by being sexually assaulted devastating results yeah Yeah. thank you for saying that alan yeah and that's you know of course including suicide not infrequently Mm -hmm. right yeah so and and then it's not a bad lead into what we're talking about cancel culture because yeah yeah, because uh you know a lot of folks because okay cancel culture uh so complex and it's not so black it's not black and white it's just that's my opinion it's not very it's not black and white however and it's uh, not new it's 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 not no it's not super new right but but maybe in this age of um yeah social media it happens a lot faster and it's become more yeah it's it's come a regular and it's almost you know honestly i think it's even like who's gonna who's it gonna happen to next that's kind of happened in our culture too Uh, uh, but sorry go for it I, well, I know, I know. Go for, yeah, I was just going to say it happens a lot for people that have been, they've discovered sexist, uh, racist things that they've done, sexual assault. Right. So, you know, some of these folks that are, quote, canceled, uh, you know, they deserved it. At least that's my opinion. I think that the vast majority, when I was looking into this in preparation for the show, I think that this may be something where it's really easy to focus on the ones that seem less deserved. But before we even go there, I want to say that this term, a lot of thought leaders that I respect are no longer using this term. It's it's definitely a term that's been politicized and made kind of... I, the New York Times used the word radioactive by Trump. Yeah. And so the the word that I'm sort of potentially erring towards is online shaming. Um, I think there are, this is a complicated issue. There are definitely areas where it's a problem. There, There's a lot of nuance to it. But I, I think that could be, um, you know, maybe we used cancel culture in the title of the podcast to get you here. But I'm going to try to refer to it as online shaming because... Um, I don't really want to let Trump dictate how I how I think and talk. I'd agree with that, that a lot of the right wing folks and conservative folks are using cancel culture as almost like a this is the most extreme form of political correctness. And we've got to we and some implication. We've got to stop this. Right. Right. But yeah. I you know what? Some of this I I could be honest, some of this stuff, you know, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein and all this other stuff. You know, these folks have done terrible things, so they deserved online shaming. I think so. I don't know how how you all think, but I mean, I I think so. But let's think. Let's talk about psychologically about what goes into this. You know, one of the first things that I thought about is that um, you know, as you call out somebody, it does put you in a morally superior position. As you start throwing people to the wolves, the online you know wolves, they you it it just it makes it it does something for you to it elevates your your status. Yeah, because you were the one that first call it, and you were the first. You did it, and you and you um, are um, be, feeling really good about. It. Now, again, I'm not saying that that the, the thing that the that they're calling out it, it wasn't legit. I'm just saying that and feeds into it, and the, you know the, some of these things are very gray about uh, this feeding in and how as we do this more is that helping us as a society? Well, okay, so, so there's already that. this is getting really 
slippery, right? So this is, I think, where so we're, there's call-out culture, and then there's the actual things that are called cancellations, some of which are more serious than others, and then there's the crimes, right? So we're talking about a lot of things lately, like you have someone refusing to not wear a mask, and they get mad, and they, they got fired for that, and that's ridiculous, versus sexual assault. So, you know, sexual assault Dabbles is a crime. Oranges. Sexual assault yeah. is a crime, and sexual assault destroys people's lives, and... Uh, quote canceling someone, and then they and you know, and then they talk about what does it mean to be canceled? Is it losing your job? Which for a person who had no business being on the internet and became viral because of an overreaction they had is one thing. Like they're really losing their job and their livelihood. Versus for someone who has a public platform and their job happens to be broadcasting their ideas to millions of people on TV. That's your job to broadcast reasonable ideas. And if you happen to be broadcasting toxic ideas and you get canceled for that, I don't have a whole lot of empathy there. And I also think you're going to be all right with your $80 million that you already have in your coffers. Yeah, perhaps some of these um, people that maybe have been the victim of online shaming are people of, uh, they're not rich, they're not powerful. Um, right. And then maybe the peop- the the employers don't want the negative attention so then yeah they could have fired the person yeah there's diff- there's definitely yeah because that is a part of this though i feel like part of this is taking down the rich and powerful but i also think that part of the the backlash from rich and powerful celebrity folks is that they are not comfortable with this new kind of reality where um it, it, it's this can be this can take them down before they were able to get away with a lot of this stuff, a lot of uh, little racist, sexist remarks here and there. It was kind of you know hush hush. It was just uh, you know in certain circles. But now things get out really quickly, and they don't. I they don't like that. So I I kind of don't care that much about that part of it. And I mean if, you know so it, that sounds like um, they were in almost a protected status. I feel like everyone should be treated equally. As I as I was looking into this and seeing different things like what you're talking about and sort of semi excited by the idea that oh this is making people in forms in in power uncomfortable, I felt a lot of discomfort and I didn't have a lot of certainty and I would imagine I I don't know if it was similar for you guys but I felt that like I was very conflicted on a lot of the things that happened there didn't it's such a broad category with such a huge range of both offenses and reactions. And I, I think w- at least one area where there can be simplicity drawn is a comment is not the same thing as an act. And if someone outs you for committing an act that was a big... And usually I think one of the ways to tell is how far in the past was it. If someone's outing you for something you did 30 years ago, chances are that whatever you did 30 years ago, if it's a big enough deal that people still care, was probably a pretty big deal. But a lot of the things where people did them yesterday and then Twitter reacts and it's a comment you know, I do think that people are allowed to make comments and that, you know, you may not, you may not be allowed to have a TV show after you make that comment. Cause if your but this job is, is your persona, then you failed. Yeah. I get what you're saying, Dr. Parks. I, I think, um, one of the incidences that makes what you're, you're saying right now, very palpable is JK Rowling. The thing that happened with JK Rowling, right? Okay. So yeah. So let's, let's get into these specifics. She has um, a huge, Cause it's, yeah, she has a huge pulpit, basically, right? She, her, what she says gets around. Um, she's very good at writing, obviously, so she can write things that are very persuasive. She has a lot of power in her in 
what she says and then her fan base as well um i mean you don't even have to be a fan of jk rowling to hear what she has to say on uh transphobia that's right well and i I didn't actually end up hearing what they did to her but when i heard the example of the cancellation of jk rowling it was some i saw some video of someone saying so i'm not going to be reading harry potter and to me that's a normal boycott this person is already a probably a multi-billionaire and she's been you know unapologetic and she's been persistent with views that are hurting the trans community and she doesn't get to she's not trans she doesn't get to say what's hurtful to the trans community i haven't actually seen her statements right so i'm kind of speaking flippantly on this but like to me I haven't heard what is her cancellation. Okay, okay, okay. Let me. Can I step in for a second? Yeah. This is good that we're talking about specifics because this is the difficulty with talking about cancel culture, online shaming, is that it really the whole you really have to look at these specific instances because again, Harvey Weinstein or whatever, you know, yeah, that sounds like a slam dunk. You're right. I agree with you, Alan. Actions are more than words. That if you if you react too intensely to just words. Um, then yeah, it can can reduce the freedom of, of civil discourse. I don't know about uh, freedom of speech, but it can it can just it can, it can make civil discourse a little more difficult. But it kind of matters what they say too. I don't think that you know there should be all kinds of racist screed constantly all the time. Yeah, I'm fine with them being online shamed. But it, but then, yeah, but now that I just got I, I was able to put that little in there, little stuff in there. But now let's talk about J.K. Rowling. Now I feel like this is one of those examples that it's a little more complex. It is because some of the point. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Parks. Let me just say this: that she. It, this is why I say it's complex. This is my take. I did read it. I did read her statement. This is my take. It, and, and I please write us and tell me if I'm not getting this, that she wanted to make a distinction between um, people that were born female and menstruate all their lives and people who are trans who feel that they're female, that there, that there is a different experience there. That's one of her points. And that seems to make sense. Now, she did say she did. I didn't read that. She thinks that there should be discrimination against trans folks and, you know, trans folks. Um, you know, uh, need to have of a secondary status of citizenship or something like that. I didn't hear that. The other thing that she said, she says there's been a huge increase. Studies have shown there's been a huge increase in teenage girls wanting to transition. It's actually flipped from men who want to transition to women or a transition. There's a huge increase of women, of, of teenage girls wanting to transition. And she said, she cited a study that said there's 60 to 90 percent. If at, then later on, as they become adults, don't want to so um but by saying this could that, be a whole different episode right there's yeah. lots to be said and we study like this is you know this is part of the the field of medicine and it's all of our field right it's 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 in medicine it's in mental health and we all care about this i don't know how much jk rowling knows about this but i want to know what was the cancellation that she received for this she's already okay. had all of her books are you know yeah what if if it's just People individuals? Are they're not going to be like reading Harry yeah. Potter. So that's not, not like a cancellation. That's not calling a network and get. And I wouldn't even care if she did get fired from a job or something, right? Because she's doubling down on this thing. But this is individuals saying they don't want to read her book because they don't find her worldview savory anymore. To me, cancellation is an enormously dramatic word for that. I can choose not to read. I don't read Ayn Rand's books. Because although she might be a good writer, I'm not really into greed. That's and that why, doesn't yeah, make I, me a canceller of, of Ayn Rand. In fact, I gave her a pretty yeah. good chance. I didn't no, call, I think, you know? 
I think you're right that by saying that cancel, cancel culture is not a very good term and not very accurate. It's better to call it an, online shaming and, and, and or just boycotting, boycotting products. Because you're right, there's varying levels of, you know, not reading the books or not going to the movies. Same with Harvey Weinstein. What, what about all the movies he produced? Are, you, are we not going to watch those movies anymore because his estate gets money from that? I mean, there's a varying levels for I don't that. Know. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, no, I can say that I no longer listen to uh, music by Chris Brown because I think he's pretty openly uh, doesn't care that much that he was abusive towards his ex-partner. I can say that, like, I... Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's... I don't really want to be absorbing... I don't want my mental diet to contain content from people that I find... There's so many beautiful voices out there. Why do I need to have the... Like, why do I need to be pushing forward and kind of consuming the material of people with toxic outlooks? If you're just joining us, you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR, and we're talking about cancel culture or online shaming and the complexity that this offers and maybe some of the psychological processes that leads to thinking like this. It's a very complex and very gray area. There's no simple answers to this. I, I actually like the tool that's used of boycotting things yeah, me that too. are morally, yeah, morally wrong. I feel that does create a lot of change. But here's the thing. So um, it, because of this J.K. Rowling, again, it's very important to look at specific because of this J.K. Rowling thing, she, she really kind of went on, a lot of her talk and discussion was that how it's, it's um, clamping down, stopping this discussion of this issue, which I, I sort of I'm sympathetic to. I do kind of get that because she said she got, you know, she needs to be punched. She, you know, she, there's violence. I think that's all the indefensible. I don't think you should advocate violence for folks. Um, I but and then there's a lot of hatred and anger and all this other stuff and and you know people need to look at the facts same with like what's going on with Ellen I think we need to look at the facts and and get verifiable facts I know that there's been a lot of solicitation of stories just but through the internet and online we, are those facts or does people want to get back at her or just I you know we I think we should rely on actual facts to make these decisions of whether or not we're going to boycott the show or whether she should be fired or whatever right. That's, I, feel, the, I, I mean, mob that. think is is dangerous for sure. Yeah. yeah. What what happened yeah. with Ellen? Well, <laughs> she she has made her, her own cottage industry of being kind, and she just and she shines off her show, signs off her show, being kind. Now, I'm a now I have to say Ellen at like her 2003 show on HBO I thought was hilarious, and but I do, I never liked her talk show. I I never liked her talk show. I li- I think she's a really funny comedian, but her talk show is so bland. I feel. And not edgy at all, and I don't like it. And it's just like the. What don't talk like shows do you watch, Doctor Parks? What talk shows do I watch? Um, I don't really watch a lot of talk shows. I don't because a lot of times that's during the day, and I don't. I don't really. I liked Oprah. I liked Oprah. I thought Oprah was pretty good. But a lot of this stuff is on during the day, and I just don't. Get up. I like I watch a lot of late night comedy shows because that's when I'm up. So I'll watch like Stephen Colbert and I like Stephen um, Colbert and yeah. um, you know Seth Rogen. Um, no, um, Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers. But um, uh, but yeah, but but getting back to this, um, the issue of of um, you know, you know, is this is this harmful or is this not? Okay, so you're immediately asked to take a position. I think that is really a problematic thing. So. After this first came out, immediately the actors and actresses, or I guess a- actors are calling, actors from the Harry Potter movies immediately had to take a stance. 
So what do you mean they, had to? Like who? Told they, had them they had to. to. They, do you support trans or not? They well, they, they it just the pressure built up. They for their careers and they the pressure built up. So they have to come out with a positive statement about trans folks or whatnot. And then and then if the group itself, and again I I. I feel like I'm sympathetic to the group itself, the group itself as a whole, and that's hard. But that's hard what, to say. What's the like, group? who speaks transphobes? How do yeah, you? Yeah, but who this isn't for an organized. Yeah, right. But it's not right, an right. organized. But if thing, the right? if the zeitgeist is that okay, so J.K. Rowling is on against trans folks. That's kind of the message that I think people have gotten, and so then you're either for trans or you're against or, or you're uh, or for J.K. Rowling. Right, right, right. You can't. Which is a ridiculous. That just shows the times we live in. You're either for trans folks or you're for Harry Potter. And now take sides immediately. That's right. You either just got to say goodbye, burn all those books, burn all those books, and that's what she got. She got a lot of. Well, I'm burning all the books. I'm I'm getting rid of all of them. I'm never gonna let my kids read them and all that stuff. And I, you know, I question how much they studied the issue or thought about it. There's, it's not a, 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 a open and shut case with her I, I encourage everyone to read all that she has written about it um she she does double down she's a she's a very um intelligent person and she she doesn't back down but i i you know i again if it was someone see this, this is why it's complex it was someone that wa- talked about white supremacy constantly and then and then he he just wanted to go on or she just wanted to go on and on about white supremacy and oh we need to let her because or him because it's just civil discourse and don't cancel don't cancel. Keep watching their shows and buying their product. I would say no. You know, don't. Well, don't I buy would their argue product. Maybe the only difference between this and white supremacy is that we're at a different point in the history of the rights movement, and we have more kind of cultural bias than we do with white. We we we've told been told our whole lives about the toxins of white supremacy, but we're only recently kind of woke to trans issues in the last year or the last five years, and so right. I mean, maybe that's the difference here. I, I don't, I'm still not clear on who J.K. Rowling is to be talking about the, to be sort of like defending from the usurpers of the female experience who want to be, like she doesn't know what it's like to be born in a man's body and, and have the identity of a woman. And, of a woman. And, and like if she wants to play ball in that field and a few people stop reading her books because of it, Oh, I'm deeply sorry, but you know, I'd, I'd happily take her. Uh, I think that's what makes it easier too. Yeah, I think that's what makes it easier too. The fact that she's a billionaire, I, I suppose. I, at least that's, that's what I read. I think that makes it easier that oh, that'll be all right. It makes it almost easier to to. Yeah, to well, that's a huge difference shaming. because she's also thriving off of the attention. I mean, that's not. I think that's not like an unfair point distinction to make. The guy who flips out. In like in some, you know, it, the guy who flips out at a Costco at the person asking him to wear a mask who may have had a bad day and happened to be wearing a very unsavory T-shirt at the time and it was recorded on a video or the woman in the park who had that racist fear moment where she called the police and didn't they don't make their living off of being famous. They didn't ask for the fame and then they get fired for this two second interaction and who knows whether that right. you know woman was sexually right. assaulted or whatever you know who knows what these people's history is agree. and then they don't get to say what they're they don't get to they're put on trial for this one moment and then they right. lose their job jk no, rowling sat in her kitchen and she was like here let me write this thing for hundreds of millions of people to in see about how trans women aren't real women 
and that's gonna go over and she even said in her thing i know this is gonna get cancel cultured okay well yeah she doubled down yeah she kind of knew what she was getting into a little bit but again it doesn't excuse um advocating violence i don't believe it does it doesn't uh, i think that it doesn't excuse people for not reading what she has to say to really kind of give her a chance uh, uh, to kind of really consider the things that she's saying again i'm not i, I and also um you know you know what, what when again can who speaks for trans folks uh, but once that once that what that uh, kind of determined once we determined that that is what the, the the official position of trans folks was then you had to choose you had to and i but i but i agree yeah with these one these two minute soundbite things that appear on youtube and spread then like what is the true value of a human being is it for the two minute thing that they did or is what have they done I mean, maybe they're a really nice person but you know, again, I feel like in some ways that is a little bit too simplistic because you need to look at what they actually did. Because if they actually did something really terrible and they're a real terrible jerk, but I agree. But then you know, maybe that is something that you know that it's not the greatest, and you know that you know it. Why did you? Why were you doing that in public? You know, I you know because but I you know it's it's a complex thing. I agree. I agree that it, there are lots of things that about people, about me, that I feel like if it, if it was all out there, people yeah. would be like, whoa, you're a jerk, Dr. Parks. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. I don't want it out there. I mean, yeah, yeah no, we're, I not, agree with that. we're not built to be, we, we, we all are imperfect creatures. And we're all and that's a final word. 10 seconds in our life that if videotaped wouldn't look very good. And, you know, that's why someone who chooses to be famous is on the hook and someone who doesn't is not. You know, and, and even the person who chooses to be famous shouldn't be, you know, we don't, the, the, the mob thing and the violence and the bullying isn't appropriate either, but being held accountable for your actions is absolutely appropriate. And that is the final word, Alan. Thank you for joining us. That's all the time we have for our Let's Get Psyched. We discussed cancel culture or online shaming. Thank you to our co-host, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi, and our special guest host, Dr. Alan Atkins. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write us at getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. You can listen to past episodes of Let's Get Psyched on your favorite streaming platform. This episode was recorded in each of our respective homes and then mixed by our producer at KUCR, Elliot Fong. So special thanks go out to him. I've been your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. <laughs>